Alright! I got my mic working, I think. There are windows open, there's a million crickets in the background, my fan is running, and also I think there might be like some cat noises in the background, so this is the perfect time to record! Right? Welcome everyone to episode 1.5, I guess? I decided to do like a bonus episode 1.5 because this story was requested. I think it's entertaining, but it's definitely not enough material to do a full episode on, so I was like, yeah, let's have a little mini bonus episode. I'll sprinkle them in with the other full-on episodes, and we can have some cute little stories if you're, I don't know, just taking like a 15-minute drive as opposed to like an hour-long drive. Get a little spook instead of a big spook. Know what I'm saying? So this is the tale of René Rondelier, The Terror of Savannah. I wanted to give a little background info so you know um, what was going on at the time when our tale takes place. Also, the audio is absolutely going to change from the beginning to the actual story of René. This background is going to sound probably way worse than the actual like story because I'm recording this after recording this story because the first time that I record- no, actually the second because I've recorded this a couple times, still working at the microphone, it's no big deal. But the first time I recorded the background, it kind of got all blah blah blah. So we're here and we're going to record the background now and then if you can make it through the crickets and the fan and the cat and everything, the <laughs> story is going to be way better. I digress. Here is the background. Our tale begins in the year of 1777. So what else was happening in the year of 1777? Well, the American Revolution was in full swing. John Hancock was president of the United States, which is where our story takes place, which is why I focused more on the United States. John Hancock was the president until October 29th when Henry Lawrence became president. On May 12th, the very first ad for ice cream was run in the New York Gazette by Philip Lindsay. On December 18th of 1777, it was the first National Thanksgiving Day in the United States. During this time period of colonial U.S., marriages lasted an average of less than 12 years due to such high mortality rates. As well, marriages were not often state official. A marriage license cost around 50 pounds, which is the entire salary of a teacher for a year or a minister for six months. So instead of getting a license and becoming state official, marriages were instead made official by posting a band in a local newspaper. Basically, it was an advertisement that said, hey, guess what, we, we married now. At the time, an average white family had parents and four to six kids living in a one to two bedroom house. This house averaged the size of about 16 by 20 feet. This is the size of most people's garages today. Unfortunately, this was, of course, the height of the time of slavery, so for black families at the time, it was really hard to have a family among numerous, numerous other things. I mean, I'm not going to get too into it, but this was, uh, this was not, not a good time to be anything but an upper-class white male. Anyway, going on, um... So, for black families, of course, it was extremely hard to even have a family. You were expected to work from sunup to sundown. There was, of course, sorts of horrific, horrific things happening at that time to black individuals, male and female, and we're not going to get into, you know, how people could literally be bought and sold as property, but just to put into perspective how tough it was to be someone who is black and have a family, on average, all, out of all children, all nationalities, all colors, all races, 
Four in ten children died before the age of six in colonial America. For black children, the number was one half of children would die before the age of one. So, speaking of children, this brings us to the story of Mr. René Ashrandalier in the year 1777. It was colonial Savannah, Georgia. A woman named Maria was in labor and had been in labor for three days. She had midwives, but all had given up. She begged her midwives for a doctor. A doctor was summoned to the damp alley where she was giving birth. When the doctor looked and examined her, he decided that the only way this baby was going to be born was if they broke the mother's pelvis. So the mother's pelvis was broken, and a baby boy was born into the world. Born weighing a whopping 16 pounds. This was a sweet baby boy by the name of René Ash Rondalier. Assumed to have been born with mental deficiencies from having been trapped in the birth canal and in a state of labor for three days, he was born to Marie Rondalier, or Maria, sorry, he was born to Maria Rondalier, who spoke French, and as René grew up, he could only speak broken French and he spoke no English. To paint a picture, the Rondalier family property was next to a cemetery established in 1750. As a side note, there was graves to their prior, but they were paved over. Originally, this uh, cemetery that the Rondalier family was next to was called the Christ Church Parish Cemetery. Eventually, the cemetery became available to all Savanians of all denominations in 1789, and then by 1896, it became a city park 43 years after the last burial took place. The total size of the now park is six acres, and in those six acres, there are 10,000 bodies buried, but only 1,000 grave markers. Many of these people were buried in mass graves during the, I think it was the yellow fever outbreak. There was also a lot of decimation of grave markers during civil war. A lot happened at the graveyard. Unfortunately, now there's many, many more bodies than there is grave markers. That's just a side note. Anyway, that, that has nothing really to do with the story. Let me go on. Rene grew to be seven foot five, 226 centimeters tall. By the time he was 15 years old, he weighed in at over 300 pounds and is said to have been quite disfigured and covered in a thick animal-like hair. Because of this, he spent a lot of time hiding in the catacombs and tunnels underneath Savannah. Rene would often hide from people in these dark underground catacombs, and so much so that in their neighborhood, as well as around Savannah, they'd be the catacombs and the underground tunnels became known as Rene's playground. Rene being so big, so strong, and having the uh, mental deficiencies, he began to snap the necks of neighborhood pets. It is unknown whether this was because he didn't know his other own strength. Other accounts say that he tortured and killed pets. Some accounts say that because of his disability, he was unable to differentiate between alive and dead animals. And it was an accident when he killed them when he was playing with them, but he just didn't understand. It couldn't comprehend the difference. In any case, he became known as the Terror of Savannah. This made the people of Savannah rally together, demand that the Rondalier family build a way to contain Rene. They were tired of their pets being hurt. They were tired of him terrorizing the streets. The family agreed to build an eight-foot brick wall around the house and put shards of broken glass bottles embedded around the top to keep him from escaping. 
in an attempt to confine him to the family property, which, as I said, bordered on the colonial cemetery's east wall. There was even two guards posted at the property at night to keep Rene from escaping. All of these efforts did not keep Rene from escaping. It was discovered that Rene was able to escape his home through a series of dark, damp tunnels that lay underneath. Which, I mean, duh, he spent so much time in them, they were called Rene's playground. Obviously, he would know how to get to them and escape if they're literally under his house. Like, maybe they should have boarded that up? Like, hello? Anyway, in a place near what's called Folly's Alley, and I think that's actually still a place, um, which was also close to the Rondolier household, two murdered girls were discovered with their necks broken. It was similar in fashion to how the small animals were discovered. As well, a giant set of footprints led away from the crime scene. The local people of Savannah immediately thought that it was the work of Rene. They found Rene hiding in the catacombs beneath the Colonial Park Cemetery, and a lynch mob came and dragged Rene to Warren Square and lynched him from an oak tree in the southwest corner. If you go to the southwest corner of this park today, that oak tree is still standing. It took several men to haul Rene off the ground to hang him from the tree, and it took hours for him to die. Eventually, he suffocated to death. His neck was never actually broken, which is the fashion and the way that is supposed to happen when you hang someone. The fashion in which it's supposed to happen, I guess. Um, unfortunately, he suffocated to death. His family collected his body and buried him on their land after he was hung. After the death of Rene, two more young girls and a woman were found having been brutally murdered and murdered by having their necks broken in what is today known as Colonial Park Cemetery in the same way that these other two girls were murdered. No other killers were found. The rumor began that the ghost of Rene had killed the three, and only a few people were arguing that perhaps Rene was actually innocent and there was another murderer on the loose. But no, it was decided that Oh, these other people died? Yeah, it must be the ghost of Rene who came back. Not some other person who is killing people. The ghost of Rene, that makes way more sense. <laughs> my, literally, my next point is, oh, but of course, no. The consensus was it had to be the ghost. The Rondolier home once stood in what is now the Colonial Park Cemetery, or at least partially stood in what is now the Colonial Park Cemetery. And in the 1900s, a man was working on the grounds where the house once stood. He came across... The grave of Rene and his coffin. However, when he opened the coffin, there was nothing inside. No remains, nothing. There are rumors that his body may have been moved to an unmarked grave on Hutchison Island just across from the Savannah River. The ghost of Rene is still believed to haunt the Colonial Park Cemetery today, particularly where his house stood. As well, he's been spotted in the ghost. That spotted in the ghost as well he has been spotted in the catacombs beneath the cemetery a large dark shadow can also be seen in the square where he was hanged the most common report from both savannah citizens and tourists alike is that a large seven foot tall figure will move from folly's alley to the oak tree in warren square look at it and fade away and if you remember the oak tree in Folly's Alley is where Renee was supposedly hung. So this is a great story, but unfortunately we don't know whether it's just a story or not. There's not a lot of record from that time as to whether a Renee Rondolier existed. This is a ghost story definitely told around Savannah, Georgia. Probably what from what I was researching, the most well-known ghost story. There is a ghost that's often spotted that is over seven feet tall in the Colonial Park Cemetery and around it. So something seven feet tall is hanging out around there, but whether Renee Rondolier actually exists 
existed? We will never know. It is a very interesting story, though. So there you go. That is the tale of René Rondalier. I hope that you enjoyed it. For photos and for other crazy, weird, wild things, you can follow us on Instagram at telegnosisnt or on Twitter at telegnosispod. I don't think I'll be posting any photos from this episode just because there's not any, um, any photos like evidence or things like that, but you can follow on Instagram and Twitter for photos from other episodes and... As a side note, I think they're still doing walking tours, possibly, uh, ghost tours in Savannah, Georgia. So if you want, you're curious and you're in that area, be safe, wear a mask, stay social distant, but it's outside. So, you know, it might be a safe activity to go and see if you can spot Rene Rondalier in that uh, graveyard, in that public park. That's all. Thank you for listening to my bonus episode. I believe this is now being released on Apple Podcasts, too. It was just started on Spotify, but I got the approval today. So, rate if you if you like it, if you like the podcast, give it a good rating. If you don't, hit me up on Twitter and tell me what you don't like about it. And if you have any of your own creepy weird tales, if there's some weird news headlines from your hometown, anything at all, a suggestion for a future episode, send it to me. I want to read it. I want to read your stories. I want to read your crazy local hometown news headlines. And I want to know what kind of stuff you guys are into listening to. So email me at telegnosisnt at gmail.com. I will read it, and it might make it onto a future show, a future listener episode show. Thank you, have a great day, and stay spooky. Bye!